Hello everyone and welcome to our midweek podcast from Revilla Presbyterian Church. This is uh, a recording of our midweek held on Tuesday evenings in the church building and we come together for a time of fellowship, for a time of teaching and for a time of prayer together. And through uh, these weeks we look to uh, also uh, reach out on this podcast to others uh, to uh, Show others uh, the good news of Jesus and also to continue to remember one another in prayer. And we trust that you may know the warmth of Christian fellowship as you listen in. First of all, we want to begin just with some words of scripture from Psalm 90. This psalm's titled A Prayer of Moses, the Man of God. And it says these words, Lord, you have been our dwelling place. In all generations, before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And we come to worship the one who is living, the one who knows us, the one who is our creator, recognising that he is the one who may truly show us a true fulfilment in life. So let's come before our God now in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather and listen uh, to your words, to understand your goodness and love to us, and to understand that through these days of uh, uncertainty and fear, that you continue to be uh, the one who we may find rest in, you are truly our dwelling place, the one Lord who we, where we may find a true and everlasting home. And we thank you that this is done to us in the name of Jesus, that as we recognise his uh, power and glory, as we put our trust in him and make him saviour of our lives, we may know that everlasting hope that we have in life. Heavenly Father, we bring our lives before you through these days, recognising how easy it is to be consumed uh, by busyness and by this world, and asking, Lord, that we may know of you speaking to us, looking to direct and guide us. Lord, help us know uh, of the joy that we have in you. Help us know of what it means uh, to recognise your power and your glory in all that we do. Lord, we ask these things now in Jesus' loving name. Amen. Well, uh, this evening our assistant, Wallace, is going to come to speak to us in a moment or two. But let us begin uh, with listening uh, to an item of praise sung to us by Jonathan Ray and his family. This item is entitled, Amazing Grace. Was blind, but now I see. 
was grace that taught my heart to hear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear, the hour I first believed. My chains are continue to look at our series of church and the, church, the call and mission of the church, I want to tonight look at an episode at the end of John's Gospel, well-known episode where the disciples go fishing, yet catch nothing, until Jesus comes and tells them to throw their nets on the other side. Now read from John chapter 21 verses 1 to 14. John chapter 21 verses 1 to 14. This is God's word. Afterwards, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. 
It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, called Doremus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, We'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realise that it was Jesus. He called out to them, Friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, Throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you have just caught. Simon Peter climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Amen. May God bless his reading to us. This episode that we've just read is the closing revelations of Jesus to his disciples after his resurrection. And of course, it is a setting for the recommissioning of Peter, where he's called to serve the Lord and to feed my lambs and feed my sheep. As a reconciled disciple of Christ, he has a role in continuing the work of building the church now that Jesus' work on earth was complete. In this episode, we have seen, uh, we see seven disciples involved in the story. It's a story, that's, it's actually a parable that they're acting out and the disciples are players in this lesson that Jesus is teaching them. I'm sure you see the similarities of a, a previous fishing expedition involving the disciples and Jesus and a miraculous catch of fish. And that's in Luke chapter 5. This was right at the start of Jesus' ministry, where he said, From now on, you will be catching men. You will be fishers of men. Now at the end of his earthly ministry, Jesus reminds the disciples of this calling. But he's also reminding them that just as he is with them at that first fishing experience, he will continue to be with them as they go forward in their ministry. They're not fishing alone, but they're fishing with Jesus. I don't know how much about fishing uh, you know or how much fishing you do, but I've got myself hooked, if <laughs> you want to pardon the pun, but hooked on a, a series called Deadliest Catch on the Discovery Channel. It's basically it's a reality TV program that follows the crab fishermen in the Bering Sea off Alaska. If you'd seen it, you would know that fishing is hard work. 
It can be brutal. It requires stamina. It requires you to work through the disappointments. Continually putting down the crab pots. Plotting where the crabs are moving to you. Trusting when you pull the pots up again that they're not empty. But often they are. In a frustration, we often see the captains look for help. They look to see, where, where are the other boats? And they maybe call them up and see, are you catching crab? Can you give me some direction, some help? And what I've seen is that crab fishermen, when they find crab, they like to keep that information to themselves. They don't want other people coming in where they are and taking their crabs. But when the crab fishermen hit the right spot, boy, what a difference. There's joy, there's relief, there's celebration. And there's a pretty good reward at the end of it for all who work on the boat. This parable that Peter and his friends are acting out, it's a parable of fishing for men. And those experiences can be much the same as the crab fishermen. Peter and Jesus' disciples are fishing in the boat, the boat which is the church, and they're working together for the same goal, called to go into the world and make disciples. The sea is like the world full of fish ready to be caught, yet no one knows where the fish are that will be caught. But we, as Jesus' disciples, are still to go fishing. But help is needed. I often go to this passage when I feel completely inadequate in ministry. And I wonder, what am I doing? And especially when I say to myself, I'm really struggling with this. And I'm sure we all go through times like this. We question our calling and we question the things that we're doing, both individually and perhaps even as a church. Because fishing for men is hard work. It requires dedication. It brings disappointment. It can be painful, it can be disheartening, but also great joy and reward await those who persevere. So what's happening here with Peter and his disciples and the disciples? Verse 1 starts with, after this, for they've experienced the Passover week. They've experienced the crucifixion. Peter has went through his period of denial. Thomas has doubts. Yet now all that has been replaced with the joy and the realisation of the resurrection victory. Jesus is alive. They've seen him. They're beginning to work out all the things that Jesus had taught them over the last number of years. Putting the picture together. But what is next? What do they really do? Now Peter, sort of person, he can't sit still. He, he knows he needs to be doing something. So he goes fishing. And the others go with him. They go all night and nothing. They put their best efforts into the work, but nothing. You see, what strikes me here in verse 3 is Peter says, I am going fishing. Now, this was Peter's efforts. This was the disciples' efforts. They were going fishing in their own strength and under their own direction. And that resulted in nothing. Even though they were doing what seemed like all the right things, I've got that feeling we've put all the effort in, we've faithfully carried out the tasks, but nothing. Perhaps you're like that, you feel that you've wasted your energy and time. 
We see here then Jesus comes on the scene. He's on the shore. He knows exactly what is going on. He knows exactly what efforts the disciples are going to. The frustrations, the dis disappointments. And what does he say in verse 5? Friends or children, do you have any fish? Children, <laughs> these are grown men. These are hardened fishermen. But Jesus loves them tenderly as children. And as his children, he wants them to learn. He wants the best for them. But Jesus doesn't berate them for going fishing or for doing what they knew and what they were good at. Because this isn't a story about a lack of faith or a refusal to do the mission. After all, they were in Galilee where Jesus had told them to go. But what Jesus wants them to understand is that the work of fishing for men the work of evangelism and ministry is fruitless apart from him. This is the work he is calling us all to, but not a work that we are to do on our own. We need Jesus' help. Peter said, I am going fishing. But throughout John, and we're looking at these in the Sunday evening services, we have the I am statements of Jesus. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth and the life. I am the true vine. When the disciples have discovered who Jesus is. And in the words that Jesus taught them in John 15, they now see that as a reality in their service for him. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from being in Jesus, all our work is nothing. And to prove it, what does Jesus say to the disciples? Cast your net on the right side and you will find some. Verse 6. Jesus is fishing with them. He knows the direction to go. He knows where to put the net. We don't see nor understand everything. But Jesus, our risen Saviour, knows and sees everything. He knows what and when and where we should fish. And unlike the crab fishermen, he helps and he gives direction. And we can trust what he tells us. You know, I have to give credit to the disciples. Firstly, they acknowledged that their own efforts had failed. Secondly, in obedience, they cast their net. And John immediately realises it is the Lord. And even Peter gets it too. It's a marvellous story and it's challenging. But it's the episode on the beach that really jumps out at me. And it lifts me, has encouraged me over the years. And it's more encouraging even than just the catch of fish. I want you to be encouraged tonight as well. Look at verses 9 and 10. They saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some fish that you have just caught. It was a celebration after all the hard work. And Jesus himself has prepared the meal. Jesus 
already had fish and was cooking breakfast. He didn't eat any of the fish that they had just caught, but he invites them to bring some of the fish. Jesus invites them to share in his work, to serve him, and then to enjoy and rejoice and rest in the rewards of serving with him. You know, Jesus doesn't need me or you to catch fish, but he invites us to share in his kingdom building work, despite our failures. All our failures do is bring us face to face with our weaknesses, but in our weaknesses, we come face to face with his strength. This breakfast meal, sharing with Jesus, the Lord of Lords, it's a picture of the kingdom of God. And our works in him have eternal value. Our service, our toil and fishing, even in the smallest of tasks, when they are done in obedience and under the direction of Christ, they're acceptable to him. They are valued by him and we share in the eternal reward in fellowship with him. Verse 12, Jesus said, come and have breakfast. And none dare asked, who are you? For they knew it was the Lord. The knowledge and the fellowship of the Lord is our eternal reward as we obey and serve him. May that be an encouragement to you today. The Lord has called us to share in his kingdom building work. He's called us to be fishers of men. What a privilege that is. And he is with us. He is our strength. He guides and gives us a direction. And our reward for deeds done in obedience is that our work and our deeds are acceptable to him. And we share in his provision. We share in his fellowship for eternity. It is the Lord, John declares. Let us rest and let us depend on him as we faithfully and obediently serve him as we too are fishers of men. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you for these encouraging words. Lord, we thank you that you have given us the privilege to serve you. You've called us to be fishers of men. But Lord, you haven't left us to do that work on our own. But Lord, it is your work and you have invited us to work with you. Lord, we ask that you guide us in all the things that we do in our workplaces, in our homes, in our community, in our church to serve you faithfully, even during the hard times and the disheartening times. May we know that you are there. Help us, Lord, to be obedient to you. Help us, Lord, to listen to your voice. And Lord, we thank you that we can rest in you. We thank you, Lord, for that picture of that day, Lord, when the work is done, when we have it eternal knowledge and eternal rest and fellowship with you. Oh Lord, what a great and wonderful day that will be. Bless us, Lord, in the work and service that we do in your name. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
That last item of praise uh, was uh, Hear the Call of the Kingdom, an item of praise that teaches us uh, what it means uh, to look to the promises of God as uh, we look to share the good news with others. Well, just before we come to the end of our podcast, let us take that time now in prayer to God for others. We want to continue to remember those in our church family We want to remember those who are close to us, who are maybe going through difficulties and hard times at this time. And we pray for those who feel anxious about the future. Let us come before God in prayer. Heavenly Father, you are the God of all good things. No good thing uh, does not come from you. Lord, we pray for that awareness of what it means to seek and to follow you in life and to share your words with others, to show what it means uh, to uh, understand the things of you, and to rest in your mighty name. Heavenly Father, we come before you through these days, asking, Lord, that we know of your goodness and love to us, asking, Lord, that through these days we may have that living hope in us, and, Lord, that we may know of what it means to rest in you. Heavenly Father, we lift up before you one another. We pray for those who are hurting through these days. 
asking, Lord, that they may come to you and seek the peace that you long to give them. Lord, we want to lift up before you those uh, who are mourning the loss of loved ones through these days also. And Lord, we ask that they may know of you being with them in all they do. Lord, as each day passes, they may know you as their guide and strength in all that they may face. Lord, we want to continue to pray for those who are dealing with ill health through these days and the future at times may seem uncertain for them. But Lord, we ask that they may know real and lasting security in your loving name. For Heavenly Father, we thank you that in the name of Jesus, we have nothing to fear. You are the one, Lord, uh, who may show us uh, the way everlasting, the joy it is uh, to have life in your name. So, Lord, we pray uh, for that joy and that uh, fulfillment in life that only you can provide. Lord, be with us, we pray. And we ask it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all for listening. Uh, And let's finish together with the words of the benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the uh, Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen.